A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Today, I'm joined by a returning guest, Keith, Keith, even guest, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Keith Keith Amos, who's from Luxembourg. Keith, a very warm welcome back to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. I'm glad you put your teeth in for that. That's always important. Yeah, I will go and see the dentist. And what Keith and I have, I mean, Keith and I have done quite a few bits and pieces together, listeners. But more recently, we've done a a couple of previous podcast episodes around the title, You Don't Need Money to Be Wealthy. On this third, Keith, of this, this, let's say this trilogy. um, Yeah, really go for it. I mean, your questions, Keith, have been superb. And I've thoroughly enjoyed being with you being in the chair. But let's really kind of knock this one out of the park, to use that football metaphor, shall we? Well, no no pressure then, Paul. Um, Just in case anyone wonders, this is not pre-scripted. So you're going to get all (laughs) sorts of questions that you didn't expect, Paul. We've talked about, um, you know, telling us a little bit about World Game game Changers. We've talked about the uh, you don't need money to be wealthy. We've talked about soulful leaders in the past. We also jumped into who was your favourite musician or what type of music did you like and why? But I'm going to take you in a very different area now, because one thing that struck me about your life story Um, was that there was a little someone who was by your side at a certain time in your life, which animal lovers will appreciate. I believe you had this little faithful dog. Oh, Rocky. Rocky. What did Rocky bring to your life, Paul? Oh, he was amazing. He was amazing, Keith. He was was a little black and white um, cross... um, and and I was seven, six, seven years of age, and I was living with my grandmother and my, my mother, um, uh, very, very poor. And all we had really was jam sandwiches for tea and a football. And Rocky and I would spend hours and hours and hours. You know, he was the centre off and I was the striker. So when I kicked towards the goal, Rocky would do his damnness to get his teeth into the ball and stop the ball going over the line. Um, I mean, it was just an amazing relationship. And I just want to share, Keith, around this this connection, particularly with our beautiful canines. Uh, And I almost feel kind of as if I'm being derogatory using the label animals because they're not. I don't know what animals are supposed to mean, but this connection with these other souls, these these beautiful beings in a different form which the outside world may label as animals. But a few weeks ago, I was on a train to Hull Hull, uh, from Nottingham to watch Nottingham Forest play. And the train was packed and there was thousands of forest supporters. And it was was like jovial and singing and dancing. And there was a beautiful canine, uh, Cocker Spaniel, and kind of slipped, slipped his leash and jumped straight up on my knee and steered into my eyes. Now, I'm going back, what, two or three weeks ago, Keith, and the owner, she came up and she said, oh, I'm ever so sorry. And I said, no, it's fine. We've got a connection. And she looked at me as if to think, hmm, maybe this guy's been sniffing glue or <laughs> something similar. I'm showing my age by using that phraseology, Keith, you know, sniffing glue. But anyway, and she pulled him down. The same thing happened again, Keith. Jude, his name was, Jude jumped back up and stared, you know, a matter of seconds, 10, 15, 20 seconds, 
It was an amazing connection between two souls, two beings. This happened three times. Mm. Three times. I'm, 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 uh, well, I love animals. I've got, I've got two cats and I, I know exactly what you're talking about there. There's, there's some sort of connection that we have with, uh, with animals. And of course we have with other fellow humans. I'm going to throw something at you and I just don't know whether you'll agree or disagree with this, but I would say that you could sit next to somebody on a bus or a train for that matter, who you've never met before. You don't know anything about them, but when you sit next to them, there's something that you think, I kind of like this person or alternatively, nah, not sure about this person. You go along with that. 100% Keith. Absolutely. 100%. Don't mm. even have to think about that one. Absolutely. And that transference of energy, that connection, um, you know, and I also massively just on this line to stretch that point even further, believe in the concept of twin flames. In fact, oh. to trivialize it is to call it a concept. I, I really do believe, Keith, that this connection that we share generally as, as, as a species, as beings, whatever form that takes, the physical form, that's in many respects is irrelevant. Uh, but of course, it's not irrelevant because we, you know, we live in a physical world. Um, but this kind of whole thing around, you know, we hear labels like, well, there's my soulmate. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But I take yeah. it further and that that twin flame. You know, that kind of almost that Mills and Boons, two people stared across the room and there was that massive connection. I don't mm -hmm. use the word attraction. I use the word connection mm -hmm. because attraction for me flirts with words like romantic love. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't do the romantic notion. I mm -hmm. believe in that deep, deep soulful connection that transcends many, many layers. It's interesting because in an earlier podcast and... Uh... Uh, you were talking about the the types of music that you liked, and you and 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 you kind of said that ballads were something which were they got to you. They reached a part of you that others part you know other beers don't reach, so to speak, to quote Heineken. Mm. Mm. Um, so what you're what you seem to be saying is that there's also something that that some energy that people give off, and you can tell from that, and that there's a connection which can be very deep that you can you can have with a person. Um, where's that coming from, though? I think that comes from source, Keith. I, I, well, I think I'm going to. Right. I'm going to eradicate that word in my own world. I've come to know that that comes from source. That's my mm. faith. I don't put a label on that faith. Mm. Uh, that is, for me, the deepest, deepest intimate relationship. Mm. Because I've, I've used this analogy before. I actually feel that we're like mobile phones as humans. We're great communicators. We've got this gadgetry inside called a mind, and it's capable of amazing, amazing things, a bit like modern-day phones are. Mm. And we can communicate, and we can communicate on a phone as we can communicate as humans or whatever. But sooner or later, Keith, the battery's going to die. When we come from a place of me, myself, and I, brackets ego, that battery goes flat, and that gadgetry whether it's the mobile phone or whether it's us, becomes irrelevant until we plug in to an external power. Then we're good to go. We're energized. We're recharged. Right. We're good to go again. And I really have come to know, certainly, and I can only take responsibility for my own world of how that plays out. I think we can do amazing things at a superficial level just on our own. But to have that energetic 
uh, input from source, oh, that it's like rocket fuel. And that is called love. There was an amazing, um, for anyone that's read about your life story, they will see that there was almost a tale of two halves in a sense, and that, that you had you had to battle some demons, that's for sure. But there must have been something at some point which you can perhaps look back on and say, well, that was the trigger. That 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 put me on a on a different road. Do you know what that was? In its most crudest form, and it is this is real kind of raw survival, was at 13 and a half when I attempted suicide. Mm. And it obviously it didn't come off. Um, but that was the kind of when I look back now and you know, I, well, I don't look back now, but I obviously went through that period of reflection and taking big lessons from it. Uh, mm. But, you know, upon reflection of that, Keith, that was around that realisation of why I'm actually here. Mm. And, you know, the risk of sounding almost turning the clock back to the, the 60s and becoming a born again hippie. And I certainly haven't got the hairstyle for that. Um, I'm more your kind of 70s skinhead, if you will. Um, mm. I'm maybe flattering myself there because that would make it sound like, well, I've had a choice in that. I've had no choice in that. Nature's decided, oh, Paul, this is the hairstyle you're going to have. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so, Keith, honestly, I mean, I could, it's as simple as this. It bought every time, no matter which angle we come at this from, it boils down to love. And, mm. and for me, coming from the conditioning and the background I did, you know, and within that very, very strong masculine energy, you know, for a guy to start talking about love, oh, you're soft. I mean, I had a guy, um, one of the gang lords that I grew up with, um, I bumped into him about five years ago, and he said to me, Paul, are you gay now? And I said, well, what kind of stupid question is that? My sexuality is irrelevant, whether I am or whether I'm not. It's totally, it's just a silly label. Why do you ask that? You know, this is, this is a dangerous guy, by the way, a dangerous mm -hmm. guy. And he said, well, but you talk about love and forgiveness and all this kind of fluffy stuff. And he said, what happened to the guy that used to drink hard and fight hard? And my answer, Keith, was very, very simple. He woke up. He grew <laughs> up. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, that's impressive. Um, OK, another question which uh, may need a little bit of reflection in order to receive love. Do you have to make the first move to give love? In order to receive love, do you need? No, no, you don't. No, I think once you are open to that surrendering and acceptance, uh, and I know I kind of knocked back the word acceptance in a different context, but actually that, that let, we're back to those three immortal words again, let it go. Mm -hmm. And, being prepared to drop the mask and say, look, do you know what? The outside world says I'm strong, but I tell you what, my strength is leading me to a place that says, help me out a bit here. Mm. Help me out a bit here. Mm. And maybe you can be helped out if you drop the guard, because if the doors and the barriers and all, if the shop's locked up, nobody's coming in. Nobody. Okay. So there is a degree in which you have to be open to it. Right. What yep. you're saying is, I think that there's you, we've got a metal shield around us if if we're if we're built in such a way and that can be kind of accessed by love. But you do have to let the guard down a bit. Yes. Um, 
okay now i'm seeing the question in the fuller context keith yes is a general answer however people can come along and take that guard down and i'll right. give an example when i was going back uh, when i was at school so i was never actually at school i went to an all boys grammar school and mm. i hated it and i was a rebel i was on the streets you know surviving but I, there was one lesson i used to go for and i excelled and i come first in it every time and that was french why because the french teacher she showed me love and compassion and caring she genuinely and the metaphoric arm around the shoulder and she cared and she made me feel special that was love that was love and that melted me the rest of the world i was angry and bitter fighting them but that active so there isn't a right or wrong answer Keith, but I suppose even with that, somewhere along the line, you know, did that melt me to such a degree that she took the barriers down or did I actually unlock the barrier so it could be taken down? I don't know. I, you know, I think mm -hmm. none of this is an exact science. I think the thing is just to be totally accepting of the fact that love is the answer and it will, you know, it'll come in many different forms. You know, a lot is said about the need for self-love first. Mm. it's not black and white i don't buy that in that black and white because the example i've given there and i've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people since and i use that the metaphor of the domino sometimes keith in our life we're like a line of dominoes and somebody just needs to come along and knock that first domino over and everything called catapult from that mm. no i think you're right and actually although we won't go down the route of discussing uh, the, the the power of teachers, but I think most of us can remember back to our, uh, our early years and there's one or two teachers that stand out and you think, you know, they made a difference in my life. So that's, it's a pretty impressive uh, thing to, to happen really. Um, so we, we've talked a number of things about love and, and so on, but you know, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is where someone absolutely doesn't care and doesn't have any feeling one way or the other, in my opinion. And um, the, the, the thing about hate is there's still a feeling there, isn't there? There's still a feeling. You, you, you have an emotion of some sort. Where if, whereas if it's, I completely don't care, I have no feeling one way or the other, that's almost the, that's almost the opposite of love. What, what do you think about that as a statement? Well, I'd, you know, for me, Keith, I'd, I'd kind of, I wouldn't use the word hate, but for me, the opposite of love is fear. Oh, okay. When you look at, you know, I certainly look back at my own um, journey of self-inquiry and self-discovery and that of, you know, working with clients and conversations I've had, you know, on and off the record with so many countless people, you know, it is a simple polarization of love and fear, you mm. know, a light versus dark, if you will. Um, and it's about having the awareness to know that it is a conscious choice. You know, no matter where we find ourselves at any given moment in time, and, you know, I know this is a really challenging statement, but I've come to know it to be true, and I'd love to connect with people that want to challenge me on it further. But this whole thing about we do have a choice. We mm. could be gripped by this fear and paralyzed and buy into all the, the belief systems that fuel that. Or we can step outside that arena and say, OK, what's really playing? Because I have a choice. And that goes back to the sort of 70s 
you know, David Cassidy, a la David Cassidy, uh, ballads of, you know, this gentleness, this soothingness around love. That's what it was for me. They were singing constantly about love. Mm. Um, well, you, you, we've kind of got there in a circuitous way, but the last volume, I believe, of the, uh, of the series that you've been doing with, with the World Game Changers was, was all about that, wasn't it? From Fear to Love. Yeah, basically, Keith, yeah. Yeah, and a number of great authors on that on that book. Um, any any particular stories that you just want to quickly, you know, relay? Oh, I mean, to be fair and respectful, Keith, it, it, you know, to single one out, it'd be. Okay. I mean, yeah. I could I actually, despite the diplomacy of that answer, I couldn't single one out because I think it's you know just to go back to the music questions. Like, okay, Paul, so what's your top three records? Well, ask me today. Well, ask me in an hour, and I'll probably give you a different answer, mm-hmm. as I would Keith reading those stories. Which actually, mm-hmm. I don't read the stories because I get so immersed with people in that mm-hmm. connection and that love of that relationship that what they say to me today, or vice versa, is going to be different in an hour's time. You know, you and I are a good example. We've got a great connection, a very mutual, loving, respectful friendship. We can talk very openly, very groundedly, but our conversations can be and, you know, will be completely different the next time we speak. Yeah, that's for sure. I tried to stay off this, the subject of, uh, of, of Forest, if I can, because uh, it nearly <laughs> brings me to tears when I think about West Ham, which is my support, my, my team. Um, so, uh, OK, I, I, I think that's, that, that's, that's fascinating. And I, I, I know that you've been producing this series can you just tell us a little bit about where it's where it's kind of ending what's the, what's the what's the closure of that because you've done what 12 books 10 books yeah 10 books on the uh, speaking from our hearts um box mm-hmm. that's now been produced keith in a box set so okay. there's going to be a limited edition 222 box sets uh, there's three volumes constituting the box sets and cross it spanning the 10 uh, sorry uh, three books uh, spanning the 10 volumes uh, 222 um, limited edition of those and then it's closed it's done and a new chapter is unfolding no pun intended around books um, but you know world game changes is emerging at a, uh, at a rate that it's taking it all over the place and I you know I wouldn't want to stand in its way and force my thoughts on where it should be now because it's outgrowing the person that had a twinkle I'm moving out the way of it uh, because it's not about me I'm an instrument in the process you feel it's developed a life of its own so to Most speak certain. it's, it's, it's mm. a child that's got an amazing family that's nurturing it new people absolutely it's got a life of its own Keith and uh, mm. you know it'd be very flattering from a personal point of view to I'd be on my ego well I founded this oh did you really Paul is that what you did just get out of the way boy just get out of the way mm. Mm. Marvelous. Thank you very much. What is it they say? Can you can you can you give me this saying? It's something like blessed are those who who plant the trees under which the shade they will not sit or something like that. Right. So yeah. so you put the acorn there, you, you're watching it grow and then you're you're ready to kind of move to one side and and uh, let others take over the tending of the tree. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great me- it's a great way you've described it there, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> and there are many people with metaphoric watering cans in their hands. Oh, great stuff. Well, I think that's probably uh, wrapped up for that for our, our our triple. But I want to leave you with this. We spoke at one 
time about advice you'd give to your 15 year old self a quite troubled 15 year old self right mm. i'm going to put that the other way around to you the 15 year old talking to you now what would he say about you now wow <laughs> you know how to it don't you boy do you know how to it <laughs> what would the 50 what knowing what he knows now Keith, or a 15 year old now, has the opportunity to see who you are and where you are and what you're doing now what would he say probably what my mother said at that age paul well i won't quote verbatim because of the sensitivity she was a very beautiful colorful character was my mother um but she said to me and i'll never forget she said one day paul you will go on to do great things. And she, and she actually, I, I couldn't remember the record, Harry Seacombe, and she said, you could rule the world if you wanted to. Wow, wow, fabulous. Well, you've kept, you've kept that in your heart, without doubt, and uh, reached, reached a great place in your life, Paul. But I'm not going to blow any of your trumpets or, or play to that ego of yours, because you've already told me that you don't need it and you don't use it anymore, of course. Absolutely. But, uh, no, seriously, what you've been doing has been impressive. So, um Long may it continue. We're looking forward to whatever it is you end up doing next. And for me, it's a, a signing off time. And a thanks very much. Uh, just invite you in, Keith, to close off as we always do. Share your contact details, please. So I'm a career coach and my uh, you can find me on uh, the website, keithamos.com, K-E-I-T-H-A-M-O-S-S.com. So if you're looking to, to change your career, give me get in touch. Thank you, Keith. Immense gratitude. It's always a pleasure. And I just want to sign off, listeners, by uh, I want to put a little caveat on that statement there about ruling the world. Um, you know, a little bit of kind of what might come across as ego influence there. And um, so I just want to put that one right, that uh, it's, it doesn't come from a place of ego. But there's nothing wrong with telling ourselves that actually we can go on to do great things because we are already, already great people already even though it might not feel that way and on that uh, on that note i sign off the way i always do by saying remember the world's changing how will you respond thanks very much for listening to this world game changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>